You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. All right, Downers, welcome back to the show. We got a music show today. I know y'all, I appreciate y'all indulging me and letting me explore so many territories outside of music as my interests dictate, but we're going to do some music today. We're doing music that uh, that we've done. So Matt and Toby is a band that I play in. Y'all heard of it. And we put out a record recently, and we're going to talk about that and talk through it today with the producer. Toby's going to be here and Zach Bolin, who recorded it. This record is a record of hymns and stuff that we used to do at church and some original songs. The title of the record is called I Quit Church, and it is... Uh, it's this really just, you know, melancholy kind of sad version of worship songs that, you know, it just fits right in the the way that I feel and the, the kind of vibe we wanted to create. So I'm real proud of this project. Uh, we hadn't done a whole ton to promote it. I just want you all to know it's on Spotify. It's out now in case you missed it. And it's just over there to stream. That's really all. There's vinyl if you go to uh, com. But other than that, just people streaming it is is good for me. That's kind of what we created it for. So you could listen to it and chill with it on in the background when you do stuff. But we're going to talk a little bit about the recording of it, the sounds, the ideas behind it uh, in a semi-in-depth way. Um, So I hope you enjoy that. Now, speaking of music, you got some badass shows coming up or concerts or whatever it is that you call them. And that is, uh, here's the big one. Here's the big one that's coming up is Derek Minor, King's Kaleidoscope, As Cities Burn, and Emory in Nashville. It's going to be a big show. It's attached to the Bad Christian Conference, BC, BC Con, Bad Christian Con, I'll call it. Uh, it's Saturday night, January 27th in Nashville. It's going to be a huge show. All the people coming to the conference are going to be there, and then we've opened up additional tickets that you can get. You can get them if you go to emorymusic.com, and I hope to see everybody there. Then we're taking part of that show on the road, so I'm very happy that As Cities Burn and Emory are going to get to do another stint of shows together, and we're headed down Florida way. So we're leaving. uh, We'll be down in Atlanta on, what is it, 30th, 31st? Anyway, the, the following week there, after that weekend, Atlanta, Orlando, Tampa, Miami, and Jacksonville. We're going to Florida down there, and we hadn't been there in a little bit of, in a little while. And we're bringing, like I said, as cities burn. So there's going to be really big shows. Some of the venues are small. Those tickets are not going to last long. So please get them now. You can get them at emorymusic.com as well. And I'd also like to say before we get started here, say thank you to rockabilia.com, sponsor to this show and a bunch of other Jabberjaw shows. There used to be a magazine that had uh, sent out. You know, this magazine where you pick out T-shirts and stuff like that, all this rock and roll memorabilia, merchandise, really good stuff. A lot of people are familiar with it. Well, they do it almost all online now, uh, and I think it makes good presents, good stuff. i tell you what I remember is people used to have posters all over the walls. Well, they still make posters, and you can get them. So I think it'd be cool. Go over there and get you a poster. I mean, they've got, you know, get you a Metallica poster, a Madonna poster, or something like that, Tom Petty, whatever. But that, they even have stuff for movies and stuff like that. Of course, T-shirts, kids' onesies, all that kind of stuff. And I actually have a promo code now. If you do go over there and buy anything that I'd like to use, and it is PC Break It Down. No, PC, what is it, Reva? Yeah, PC Break It Down is the code. So it's a little bit of a long code. I'll say it one more time. PC Break It Down on rockabilia.com. Thank you to those guys for sponsoring the show. All right, let's talk to Zach and Toby. 
Break it down, Dada. Break it down, oh, break it down. 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 Let's make cutter. Yeah. Okay. It's totally fine. Yeah, go ahead and roll there. But it's totally fine. Uh, for us to talk about Bitcoin for a minute in the podcast here, because one of the reasons we're doing this episode is because I had two kick-ass Bitcoin episodes coming right. up, and I've, they've canceled and rescheduled, which I only can attribute to the fact that it's going so crazy. I think these people are really, really busy, because I had Bitcoin people on the books for weeks in advance. Right. And now it's all blowing up, because I've been wanting to talk. I've been following it for a pretty long time, and uh, been trying to talk about it, but the people keep canceling and moving back. Matt, you have no that. investment in Bitcoin at all? No, I was uh I watched on, I looked at it every day 3 years ago and was reading about it at when it was 400 bucks. Um and I I, wow. I it's I, I mean I should have bought it obviously looking back on it, and I meant to and the, the only reason I didn't buy it was like it just didn't I just forgot like didn't get around yeah. to it. I would I didn't have any yeah. reservation but right. I would have put $1000 on. It. I would have probably bought $1000 worth. I would have probably bought three three or four coins or whatever, which would have been yeah. <laughs> would have been really good. But I do think um that what people aren't understanding about it is it's weird because it's a currency and everybody's treating like a stock and an investment thing, which is not really long-term what this thing's about. It's just the story right. right now. And so it's bringing everybody into it and making them ask weird questions like, I don't understand it or yeah. what is it? And people are pretty confused about it for the most part. But the good news is that just means that it's on everybody's radar. But on the other hand, as an investment, when you have people like, Toby investing three hundred dollars trying to make six hundred or nine hundred dollars. That's not a good sign. That you know what I mean. Yeah, that's yeah. no I offense, know. but if once well, you and money. Devin are into yeah. something, in order to try to get two and three and ten x returns, that's because of what you read in the press. That's is scary. That is dangerous. I know that for sure. Okay, so I'm not I that interested to get in. But on the other hand, I'll make the other I, side that it could be this may be a new unprecedented. Thing which isn't there's not going to be a regression the toward world. the mean, but a whole right. new world. We may be entering a whole new world. For example, so what if you're the secretary at Microsoft in 1970 or 80, right. and you said, "I'll take stock instead of an, a pay increase," and then you ended up a millionaire? Yeah, I mean, yes, you know I mean? Like, that, that, that doesn't happen happens. in two weeks. <laughs> no, I, you're right, but this doesn't happen in two weeks. You looked at it four years ago. That's I true. mean, and it, you said it was hundreds of dollars. Now, what I'm saying is, it can't be. We've talked about the lottery all the time. Think about just everybody that spends money on the lottery and yes, they don't ever get anything back. Yeah, like, but this is closer to that. Then investing is not, this is not but this investing. Is, this there's is There's a gambling. better chance of making money on this than the lottery. The, the, oh, it's definitely better than that. But I'm saying better. this is, get, get, this kind of investment is more like gambling than it is investing. So it's, 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 it's who knows? I mean, it's yes, it is. territory. So the, it, 100%. The people are talking about if it's gambling, like, Ooh, I'm going to be up. I'm up twice. I'm too, I've got double my money. I'm playing with house money now. I mean, uh, it's not, this is not invest. Warren Buffett invests in right. companies for 30 years and is a multi-billionaire. That's investing. No, yes. No, I'm not an it's investor. For, for That's small the, returns the worst. Up, you know. I'll tell you the worst thing about it. Nobody that I know, including y'all who are smarter than me and everything knows exactly what it is. It's like you say currency and stuff, but I mean, like, even like I was thinking, what in the world? I tried to figure out, like, they're telling me all kinds of different stuff, and this is what block. I don't know what blockchain is, but 
I don't know really what a dollar is. Like right. you, you well, give yeah. me you give right. me a green piece of paper, I just trust it's, it's, that it's worth some is worth one dollar. Right. Yeah, that's so that's I mean I don't true. really know any of it. And it seems to me that this is a decent time in the history of the world to get off somehow of the the grid or have your own currency or mm-hmm. own money and get it out of the government's hands. But for sure, I believe fully what's going to happen is the government's going to try and take it over and it will. We'll see. People sell out and it'll, we'll it'll be in banks. Well, they already stuff. have in like China. They banned it. Right. Because they, they were doing Bitcoin. You could pay for stuff with Bitcoin and they banned it. But supposedly, I don't know. Yeah. Well, like, we don't want to do what China does. No. Is the, you know, we don't want to do I'm what saying, they though, do with that's Google what, and that's what, internet access and Bitcoin. You, hear, you heard it here first. That. Matt doesn't want any Chinese food in America. Whatever the Chinese <laughs> do, do the opposite. When it comes to privacy and security and government authoritarianism, then maybe so. Yeah. That, that would what, be. What, what is, who, made, who, who invented ramen? <laughs> the Japanese, my friend. Okay, well then, th- whatever they do is all right by me. Ramen is number one on my list right now of things I want to invest in and get. It is so good. Well, we'll do a ramen episode after we get a, finally get a Great. Bitcoin guy on here. Ramen is that? very similar to Bitcoin. It's Think about very this. Similar. R- r- ramen, your whole life was ten cents. Right, <laughs> and now it's $12 a bowl. It now it's $12, 12 cents, and you gla- right? I'd gladly pay $12 for it. Should have invested in ramen way back. Damn it. Yeah, if I just thought went to ramen, what is it, bonds or futures? <laughs> ramen futures ramen exploded. Futures way back in the 90s, man. All- <laughs> no no return has been better than ramen. I bought shitloads of that stuff for $0.10. Cents. Now I'd gladly pay it. 12 I'd pay <laughs> 12 and oh, give man. a nice tip Sell it on the corner. for it. Good Lord. It's changed my life. So anyway. All right. We'll talk about the Matt and Toby record. That's another thing that people have been requesting that we do or break down. So I don't want, I don't have a bunch of pulled out clips and all that stuff. I'm not ready to do that right now. And uh, you know, this is really, like I said, pushing back or replacing a Bitcoin episode in the first place. But I thought a good way to do it would be to get the people that made the record or most of us here. Um, we had uh, really the only people that worked on the record were Zach, me, Toby, and Matt Johnson, Matt Johnson played drums, mm-hmm. and then Nate helped do yep. mixing and engineering. Is mm-hmm. there anybody? I mean, that was strings players. Yep. Who else was involved in this, Zach? That's it. I'm not trying to leave anybody out. Yeah. but I can't think of anyone else, though. Um, And so I thought a fun thing to do would just be, let's roll the album, and we'll just talk over it, and whatever comes up and pokes out that we want to talk about, fine. If we want to stop or cool. do something, that's fine. But I think we'll just talk over the record and see what comes out and give people some insight into what we're thinking and and – you know, have a discussion about it and see how that goes. Does that sound good to y'all? Yeah. Do you have any Heck other yeah. ideas, Toby? No, I don't. All right. I have no ideas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll roll it here and we'll continue to talk then. Tell me, yeah. uh, we'll take a second here and make sure we can hear it. Um, I don't hear it yet, but it does start kind of quiet. So and if, 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 if anything lets you know more about like Bitcoin and Litecoin than this, in my, in my wallet, my online wallet right now, I have $666. <laughs> Tell me it ain't of the devil. Come on. All right. Album is called I Quit Church. It's, can you turn um, it down a little bit in my headphones? Yeah, Reva, can you pull it down it, just in Toby's? Sorry, it, it's real yeah, turn loud. Turn it way, way ears. down there just so he can barely hear it. And Zach, are you comfortable I'm with good. what we can hear yeah, here? I'm good. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and That's I'll perfect, co- And actually, I'm going to come down a little bit. Actually, you can come up a hair on mine, Reva. Yeah, Sorry. go up on it, his. I'm coming down I don't on mine. hear it at all right now, but a little bit more would be nice. All right. That's good. I'm good with that there, too. All right. So... I'm not going to jump directly into the song here now. Just make sure everybody understands how we made this record and the philosophy going into it. Um, it's 
It's a record that Toby and I made out of hymns that we had been doing at churches for a while. Like we've been doing, in addition to an Emory, when we was home, we Toby did worship leading as a job and I did it as a volunteer. So we wind up arranging songs and doing them with worship bands and stuff like that. Uh, and so we had all these demos. I, mean, I probably have 40 versions of songs I've done just sitting in Pro Tools sessions in my computer. So I bounced them all out yeah. to demos and got Toby's and we went through and just figured out which ones we really liked. And then said, well, why don't we write an original too? Why not? Maybe another. And so we wound up with, th- what do we, some of these are original, really. But four originals, right? Yeah, yeah we wound up with like four originals. Four originals, depending on how you count these psalm ones that That's we did. True. And uh, the then the idea of how to produce it was, I, I wanted, first of all, I've been real busy. I've been hands-on on almost all the recordings we've ever made, where I'm every eighth note and every edit and every crossfade is something that I like to babysit and do. But that's not something I have time to do uh, right now. And so instead of hiring a producer, I thought it would be more more interesting to hire somebody that was more known for arranging and Zach Boland um, I don't know if I, t- I don't mean to make you blush here but you're one of my favorite arrangers that there is so uh, maybe you know that maybe I've said it before but you know you, your arrangements of the songs that you do and the, the you do it quick and you do it fast and you do it original and it's, I've seen you do it a hundred times at, with church songs anyway so so to me to be able to work with you was like kind of obvious I just floated you the idea said here I want you to work on this record as if you were it was just your stuff if you were arranging it if you're doing it and I don't care about the recording I, I think I said and I don't care about the recording um, I'm in a phase now where the recording itself I really want it to disappear not disappear but just be de-emphasized as far as what the recording itself and the engineering and the microphones and all that stuff i'm just not big on that right now Mm -hmm. and so i asked zach to freaking get into the songs arrange them figure out what other guitar parts what the drums should do should be up should it be down kind of thing and just kind of turn them loose so that is how this record got made this is the record it's one of my favorite ones, and we get a lot of compliments on it, and it's fun for me, too, in all the interviews deflect, and when they ask me about it, everybody assumes I recorded it and played all the stuff. I didn't do almost anything. I did almost <laughs> nothing on this record, and that's what makes it really special mm-hmm. to me. That's fun. Yeah, and, and me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Toby did the, the, what, the <laughs> usual amount, though. Oh, dude. Yeah. No, I did, no, I'm saying I'm glad you didn't do anything on it. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> I, I, I'm just joking. I think, uh, too, I'd like to give some a little, yes, well, uh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt. I'll, I'll, I'll talk in a second. You were flattering. Uh, yeah, I'm done Zach. with that. I'm done with that. Well, I was just going to say, too, it was, it's very neat for us. Um, we are at a point in our career where we've only really worked with each other. Like Aaron Sprinkle, um, you know, Butch that worked on I'm Only a Man. There's, there's been a, a very less than a handful of people, like maybe three or four, that have really influenced us. Maybe three people like Ed Rose and Sprinkle and, and Ryan Bush, Bush, but um, have influenced our music. But we are at a point now where taking outside uh, opinions and stuff like that is stretching us and, and making us more. Maybe it's just because we're older and we've done it so long that it's nice just to hear a fresh perspective. But like Zach coming in on this record, like uh, even this song right here, when I wrote this song, it is a very simple song that I showed you guys. I mean, it's way more simple than this. And like <clears throat> just for the first... The, the, for this first first song, like um, uh, the the first song is I quit I quit church and it, it's so much heavier and darker and there's so much more weight than the original song and I don't think we would have been able to capture that just Matt and I like Zach I think you really bring that to it like there's a little bit of a 
I would say a heavier sadness that I appreciate so much that you brought to this record. Like th this song wasn't, it did, I know lyrically it, it's, it's there, but you captured something that in the music too that just feels so empty, uh, Pedro the Lion-esque even, mm -hmm. I would say, in that realm of all, not much is happening and it feels like everything's happening. Like there's just this weight there. I don't know, was that, was that intentional? Like even on this first song, I Quit Church, was that something that you, like when you heard that, the, the song you heard was, I almost thought like more country and really simple. Yeah, I mean, I think that what was really striking to me was just how, I don't know, it was a little tongue in cheek, the lyrics yeah. when I first heard it. And I just thought yeah. it'd be really interesting to just make, I, I'm always, I'm just always really intrigued with the idea of, I knew you weren't treating it as like this super heavy thing, but I like when... Yeah you kind of just write music that contrasts that a little bit, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think it could take people on a journey of making them feel really heavy and sad, but that's not really necessarily right. what, what you're getting at with that. I yeah. don't know. I also thought it's just such a unique phrase. Like, you don't really hear many people say, I quit church. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Christians. And so, and and it wasn't, I quit faith or, I, I you know, I quit God altogether. It was, I quit church. And I thought that that, to me, deserved something that, um, musically that kind of took people on a journey a little bit more did do you remember discussing the tone of it of, of we were trying to make it sad or melancholy and all that kind of thing because i feel like that was kind of the idea the whole time in general is to have this be a mood we said sparse sparse i remember that being, being like mood. a big thing oh yeah 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 and i can remember discussing that was actually the kind of fun thing for me is you mm -hmm. guys would kind of describe what you imagined mm -hmm. them being like and then i was just trying to go and interpret that but also write it in a way that made sense to me too i feel like you guys trusted me a lot in that way this was one of those where we had just dis discussed all right sort of single note guitar and bass type stuff mm -hmm. and then it kind of just grew from there and the other thing that was interesting is with matt johnson it was kind of fun like we did a couple of those demos together in his living room yeah uh, all of us but then maybe one or two, I don't know. But really when we tracked the drums, it was just like, all right, look, we're just going to get through as many of these songs as we can in three days. So even, I, I kind of liked some of the, I don't know, it was a little restrictive in yeah. that way. But I, I feel like with what you guys were describing, this song in particular seems more close to maybe what we kind of were thinking it could be, at least when you and I were talking, Matt, versus yeah. like there's some other songs on here where I know that it was like, I, I went in a completely different direction, hoping that it'd be okay. Uh huh. And you know, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some that you guys hate. I'm not sure. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hate any of them. I think they're great. This one was a. You talk about being in that room when we did. We only spent one evening together, the four of us, and we just played through and showed you some of the way they we felt and and stuff like that with you and Matt Johnson. And this was one of them I remember. And this one turned out really funny because. It was supposed to be a faster, more pumped up thing, and you brought this one even on down to be slower, this All Creatures version. And then, let's see if I can find this piano part here. And when I heard it, I was like, man, that is really cool. Um, and there's this turnaround part in the with the piano melody there. And this is one of those things that I just thought was so neat. Here, you can hear it right here. Oh, yeah. This. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's always been one of my favorite parts. And at some point, I asked you about it, like, or told you I liked it, and you were like, "Yeah, just 
that was oh. something you noodled when we were in that living room. You had it on your voice memo. <laughs> yeah. And I was so thrilled that I came up with it. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, I thought I you did. <laughs> it was just something that I had noodled it on the pi- while I was sitting down at that piano in there, and you had captured it. But that's my like one of my favorite things. You know, on there. it's but funny. I, was, I really impressed when myself. we were going I through it. <laughs> I thought that that was like a part you really wanted. No, I don't know. So I, I was like, and I loved it. I loved it. So I wanted to make sure we got it in there. Totally is like that. That's the kind of thing when it's. Having this uh, the open collaboration where you just hand it off and trust it, and then you hear it back. There's so many more things for me to listen to and notice that I would, you know, once I normally finish a record, it's all hammered into the ground. There's nothing for me to listen to. I know it's there, and it's starting to get on my nerves at that point. Yeah. Normally, when we release a record, but right. turning this one over to you and having you—I mean, you played most of the guitar on it. I didn't play on all the songs even. Mm-hmm. So that's it's so fresh for me to listen to. That's what I like the most about it. But I think there's something really unique about you guys that I was thinking about. How many years have you guys played music together? Uh, Way over a decade. Yeah, probably about about Uh, 17 years, 18 years. I mean, since before 99. Not quite 20 years. (laughs) That's crazy. And it's interesting to me how after all that time, I feel like you guys collaborate really well, yet still write pretty different from one another. I feel feel like the the two of you guys approach it so differently. And uh, that was what was really interesting to me, even. I'd get a demo from Toby or a demo from you, Matt, and then being just in that one time at Matt's house, it was just really interesting to hear you guys kind of talk through mm-hmm. the songs and everything. I'm just always intrigued by how p- two people who write completely different from one another, yet you guys have had a lot of success doing it together. You found a good rhythm in doing that. But even just watching you guys do that, I, th- I thought it was pretty interesting because all these songs, I mean... It's not like they're all in the same style, mm-hmm. like f- right, right from the get-go in the demo. Right, I mean, yeah, a lot the, of the yeah, songs, totally. Toby, you had, you were right. There was sort of like a country, old country vibe, gospel right. country vibe to some of it. And, and it was way more. Uh, I w- one thing too, coming from the last Matt and Toby record, that record was, uh, I would say, closer to an Emory record in mm-hmm. a way, like almost like an acoustic Emory record, because it was, you know, it's a little bit more uh, upbeat. Yeah, it's me overarranging uh, everything is what it right, was. Right, right. Well, a more upbeat, but I mean, even the way I wrote too. Uh, and I was thinking when we went in before that night, I was thinking, you know, this this record, I know we're gonna do a lot of hymns and stuff like that, but it'll be kind of maybe a medium, you know, lighter record. And then when we were all talking about somber or sparse or whatever, that's the first time I even was like, oh yeah, that that could be really cool. I didn't even mm. like that perspective. I didn't think, but I think you're right. With me and Matt, I think I write emotionally and I come up with ideas, and Matt uh, is the voice for that or knows at this point too. I think he knows what I will like. Uh, so he can do that and still make it to where well, he likes it too. Or we agree on what we like, but we have different avenues of getting there, maybe. Well, so Matt's my way, philosophy well, is like this. It's about being complimentary. So I would only really want to collaborate with people that are not like me. Mm-hmm. Like that's the point of working with somebody who thinks almost totally opposite me is that comprehensively you fit together. Like t- Toby's... What he does wrong and weaknesses are just the most obvious thing in the world to me, and that's mm-hmm. what I am good at fixing or whatever. Yeah. So, and then vice versa. If it was just my stuff, it it lacks all that real vibrant, like leap out of the speaker energy, and uh, what is the word for it? It's uh, you know, just the the realness of it, the 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 that part of it. My stuff could be plain or boring or or it, whatever. His is expressive in a real totally other way and mine's analytical so you put those two together and they're just complementary so I don't know what you'd want more than being having opposite strengths is the way I look at it I feel like, so I, mean, I, feel like you, I, th- I think you kind of fall in the middle of that too Zach like I feel like you mm-hmm. are like I'm 
completely oblivious, oblivious or uncaring to the technical side. Like it's almost I hate it and I want to do bad at technical stuff because I don't want to ever deal with it or whatever. I feel like you you're not only an, an idea guy, but some you know like you understand gear or mm-hmm. the need for it or the need not for it or overdoing it. Where Matt, so you fit right in the middle. Like you're a good culmination of both of us. You have the emotion and all the talent. And and the voice and the right, ideas, sing, but also, write lyrics, but also arrange, you can meet there, yeah. right, right. So it's a, it's a really neat mix that you have. So I think that is what's neat too. On this, I think you were able to see speak both of our languages too in a really good way. You know what I mean? Like you probably you like you recognized how different we were, and we're able to speak to both of us in a way that made it fun for us too. You know what I mean? Let's talk about this song here. This is Pastor Stop By. This is an original. It's a long song, and this yeah. one that you mentioned a second ago too. But you described this. You described this as a, what did we say this? It was like a country song when you started it, and now it's got yeah. this whole super dark, what do we say, it's a country song and a radio hit song put together, right? Yeah. Is that how we think of it now? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. you kind of mentioned that. Uh, yeah, I remember you saying, like, there was another specific band that you, you referenced as a combo between that and Radiohead, and I thought you just hit the nail on the head. The demo it. for this, I wish I did have it. That would be cool addition to this, but the demo for this just sounds like a simple country song, and I heard it, yeah. I was like, well... <laughs> know what to do with this i mean it just sounds like a simple right. country song i didn't have i mean i didn't arrange the song you did i mean i didn't do anything on the song at all but the the arrangement i mean i feel like most of the songs though i mean maybe there was a couple i mean i feel like toby the way that you write chords is so unique to me i don't know i'd be curious do you start with a melody and then just write chords to that or you just kind of have a chord and write a melody to wherever yeah, you, I, you want to go. I usually with start it. with some kind of chord progression and then immediately start, you know, some nonsense words or syllables or consonants and vowel, whatever, and th- throw that in there until I'm starting to create something. And then if something sticks out to me, then I, I build off of that. But what's usually. so interesting is that I don't, I, it, I had such a hard time wrapping my head around your chord progressions, but I love oh, really? them. And so, like, this song is, I didn't change anything on this song. Like, this is the original chord progression. I just thought it was so interesting to me. I was like, I would not think about it like this at all. The well, way that melodies and you change keys. Well, tell stuff. us what's in here. So let's just talk about the strings, for instance. Yeah, tell I us, mean. Just tell us all about that. Well, I think when you were saying the Radiohead thing, I just always really love how, I mean, they have some really beautiful songs that create a lot of tension in them. And I thought that that's kind of what that chorus did, you know, to just, yeah. I don't know. When I first heard that song, I was really blown away by it. I thought it was so well written and I felt like it felt more conversational to me. It felt like a conversation more to me than it did a song. And so I thought uh, when, it, when it came to that chorus, especially in the demo, I mean, even vocally, you're kind of singing it the same way on the, on the record as you were in the demo. Like you really kind of pour a lot of yourself into it. And so I think there's something really nice about having this chorus that instrumentally is just kind of kind of hanging on that those staccato strings and everything like that. And then it kind of releases a little bit on the- Well, how did you, know, you arrange and track these strings? So, uh, I mean, really, the whole idea originally was we, uh, with Jody and Cam, we just uh, really, we kind of worked out some parts. I'm not, I don't know how to really arrange strings at all, so I could just sing them parts, and we just sat there. I mean, and, you, and could you that. hear this in your head, and you tried to relate it to them, yeah. the notes you wanted to play? Yeah, that's what or? we did. I played it out on guitar, and then mm-hmm. they would play it back. Um, I feel like, though, there was something in the original demo and the acoustic guitar that you were doing, Toby, that... I don't know. Made me feel like I heard heard something like that in these, there. These chords are an example of super weird. So the yeah, whole, that's the what I'm whole, saying. The whole thing's been in D major, 
And then what do we go to? It's a, let me see if I can say these as, as I go. So the whole thing's been in D major, and now it's this part starts A minor, right? Uh, let's see. A minor, and then, uh, D minor, F, then F major. You're better than me. Anyway, that's an F major. And we've been in this D major context the whole time. That makes that so weird. And then, and then G. And so then the G leads you back to the, and it drops back down to D major. So yeah. it loops you it, back in. So it really it feels leaves and goes so to good A minor going back to that. Though. Yeah. That's what it feels so nice going back to that. I just I will a, say one thing too. Oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead no, you go, you go. Oh, I'm sorry. It's an A minor. B minor, F major, G is that section, yeah. and then drops back. So, which basically takes you to a, a A minor tonality, and then drops you, all, you know, back. So it's just a key, key change yeah, in there. Really unique. And one thing I was gonna say lyrically here, which I, I mean, uh, one of the things that I, that I almost, I guess I would say I stumbled upon it, but what I think is kind of neat is this song, uh, Pastor Stop by, and I quit church. The choruses are similar to me in a way i was trying to kind of write like there's not much words there and if you notice it's 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 kind of the like a lot of music now does o's oh oh, 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 oh. like i'm getting across the o with actually having a real word or a real meaning there it's not just oh so like uh but they don't you know like you st- I, i'm getting away with like an o uh, sound just oh sound or whatever in the chorus but it's more than that which go, plays back into the whole idea like you were saying like it, it, there's a little bit of you know melancholy or it's it's, it's is he totally serious or what is it you know what is he talking about is this just a conversation what is it, you know is this a lighthearted song or a harder or a way heavier song than it, it is or whatever so it kind of plays into that same way as like i've always liked the band queen or whatever you know like don't stop me now it feels like such an upbeat dancey poppy happy song but when I listen, if I really, you know, break down the lyrics, it feels sad. Like, don't stop me now. I'm having a good time, and it's really, you know, maybe my life isn't that good, or maybe I'm, you know, a hidden person, or whatever it might be. So I think it's kind of neat how that both these two original songs on the album played out that way. There is, uh, uh, it ta- even though in some ways the songs are simple, there is a lot more to it, for sure. So let's talk about doing these two psalms. These are two that I don't know if you yeah. count them as original or not, but they're, you know, you've taken most of lyrics from the psalms that are kind of they're not even i don't think these are even that popular of psalms how'd you pick 67 in psalm 4 toby do you remember so i wrote these by myself i i tried back in like 2006 or 7 or 8 to do my own side project band called where's waldo or i, I think i might call it just Wal- i am waldo that's right i don't even remember the name of it and i think i put them i can't even remember where i put the music like on myspace music or something like that <laughs> And uh, those were two, and I was just, I like the idea of how beautiful some of the Psalms can be and some of the, you know, the poetic nature of the Bible in general. And so I just went through, I, was, I just read through the Psalms, and those two really stuck out to me, and I thought they really fit well with, uh, in, a, in a song structure, like singing. And uh, I went through several different versions, and I think I even mix a couple of like, you know, like, like there's a line that might be, have been better in NIV, and this other line was good from King, KGV or yeah. you know ESV or whatever. And so those, these two just stuck out to me. It's like I, I, I had at the time this grand grand idea that I'll make every psalm a song. You know, almost like uh, what's his face that was going to make every state 
uh, yeah, Sufjan. A song. Yeah, Sufjan Stevens was going to do every state. I was like, I'll do the Psalms. <laughs> that, that, that's the only two I ever did. <laughs> but uh, so those stuck around, and we just kind of, and now I think, it, you know, circled back around. We were, we we just threw them in the mix, and they seemed to work. Like they just seemed to fit. Like especially once we started going the talking about the sparse and. Uh, you know what we were doing so those two just stood out to me as as honestly more than anything that they could fit into a song like i i started messing messing around i got to psalm number four i was like oh this could be and then and that and it turned into that song and then i think it fit really well and i was i do consider it an original in a sense because i mean we came up with all the music and everything you know most people have just said it they haven't actually sung it even though you know it's supposed to be a song yeah, that's. And I couldn't tell you if David wrote it or not, but isn't that crazy? If like King David would have written that one or something, that's so wild. Like you the idea of a king, king a, yeah, a, a king wrote a song all the way into twenty, you know, sixteen or seventeen, and here we are singing it. a million counter melodies. Yeah. I yeah. think I think that these songs too, Psalm four and Psalm Psalm sixty seven are really important for this record because I think it drives home a little bit more of like the whole theme of it I think if you just did yeah. I quit church pastor stopped by and a bunch of hymns yeah. I don't think it means the same but it, it's like I don't know there's something about the honest journey that you've gone on to be able to write a yeah. song like I quit church I think these psalms sort of tell that story a little bit too that it wasn't just some flippant thing so I, I think that uh I, I really love these songs. The, I mean, this one is another example of where the chords are just like, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I couldn't follow the form. But it's like, it's such a, yeah. it's so unique though, man. It was really fun writing to it and also hard, like trying to tell Matt where to play drums at certain spot, Johnson, because it was just, there was no markers at yeah, all. Yeah, the, like, the, the, it's like the Psalms are written not to be a song in a meter or form that you're used to. And so you'd hold out chords and repeat yeah. chords and it would end on a chord and then start that chord again to start the next yeah. line. And it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense from a yeah. pop music standpoint, but it's, it's, it's like expressive, like wandering. I think they're beautiful. Kind of that, I think they're really nice. That works in that this way. This one, too, is especially uh, was neat for me because I loved the the lower vocal on it. And Zach, I think you liked it, too. Matt yeah. didn't. I don't, think, I don't think Matt liked it, but I thought that made it added to it and... Uh, What's so cool about uh, Psalm 4 to me, too, is that it feels like there. it's the most song on the album to me that there's just this tension and you're like, what is happening? And Toby and I'm and I'm singing differently. It's not I'm not you know, I'm singing a little bit more, I guess, classically or Mm -hmm. uh, as if I was in a a choir or whatever it might be. And when the drums come in on the song, it is this the best. It just feels like, oh, wait a minute. I'm almost in a like to me. I I know this might not make any sense to you guys, but it almost feels like. A '70s song that my dad would listen to, and the drums just come yeah. in, and it's just like, oh, ooh, <laughs> whoo, okay, now, now I'm like, like, yeah, 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 now it's like, wait a minute, this song is, there's a little bit of joy here. It's not, you know, like it, it there is some joy within mm-hmm. this song, and the drums totally capture that for me in that song. Yeah, this one is a, uh, this is an intro that I put in front of the song just to just to smooth over the fact that the normal part of the song was so campy and country like. It wasn't country, but I've always had this idea to to me if I had the time and further ability my favorite way to arrange would be for just an orchestra like and I say orchestra like a like a big band like Count Basie's orchestra yeah not like a symphony orchestra but I like the idea of it of something with I just can't and I've never been able to really pull it off I've tried a bunch of different ways at church I've never been able to get enough people organized and arranged enough to have it like that 
But this is, but a lot of that uh, rests on like an upright bass and you know, kind of a walking bass and traditional type of uh, stuff like that. And this song sounds like somewhere between country or Elvis, or I almost wish it was a, a big, a large band playing this kind of campy song and then t- take it and make that, try to make that whole thing a little bit darker. That's kind mm-hmm. of like something I still have yet to really been able to achieve, but that's what I want to do. I want to take a big orchestra with good musicians and then make them play something that it's like emotional mm-hmm. versus what you know what its normal style yeah. is but it's such a big machine to do but this is a this is one that kind of we brought down into this uh range but it also reminds me of like an Elvis song kind of a thing definitely yeah yeah I thought it, it had especially when you go back to some of the original references you guys use like the sort of southern gospel mm-hmm. sort of vibe i think that this definitely captures that but i also think again whereas toby might write melodies and chord like especially the chord progressions that go with it in ways i wouldn't think i feel like you even use chords in the way that i wouldn't think mm-hmm. like i feel like the 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 verse of this is pretty straightforward mm-hmm. but that whole instrumental at the beginning because yeah. you wrote out that those string parts mm-hmm, i guess i, I must have at you some did point, yeah because i mean we might have tweaked it just a little bit yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know, there's just a lot of really cool stuff. So you stuff had there. stuff on my demos and strings for this one to, as a guy. Yeah, we tweaked. I forgot. On the, on the, like, this this part of the song right here, we, we kind of did our own thing. But at the beginning of the song, that whole intro yeah. was just yeah, I did a riff that, that you had that we kind of improvised a little bit. Yeah, I just felt weird starting the song as this uh, happy major key traditional vibe with that bass going boom, 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 you know, yeah. kind of a thing. And so I was like, well, if I put something moody on the front. And then, yeah. then go back to it later in the song. That'll feel, that'll really it's, help you get away with the, the, I keep using the word campy. That's not the right word, but tr- just so traditional kind of a, of, a, of a thing. Try to pull that off. But that, yeah, I think that's all, all the stuff we're talking about really has to do with just the complexity. Like you don't just, the worst stuff about music is when the music is dark and it's heavy and then you use aggressive sounds and then you use, use the words brain and insane because you're trying to match the to- the dark tone of the right. music that you do and then you use it you know when everything is the exact same like oh it's a heavy song so you do all the heavy things well that that's just so dumb or or you know if you're trying to make a happy song so everything's bubblegummy sounding and and the lyric like you've got to have some stuff that cuts against what you'd expect and in, in the thing you're doing yeah so i'm just that's all i'm ever trying to do whether i don't think whether it's heavy or jazzy or whatever it is, it's just to make there there to be subtext and layers to it. That's yeah. that's the point of everything, really. So if you just want to make something super moody, it's one that can be too one dimensional to me, or something super heavy only, unless it's just to prove a point for for briefly. I mean, I'm looking for layers and stuff that make you feel a little uncomfortable. There's another thing too, though, that I pointed out at one point to you guys, and I thought was really funny. So many of these songs are in a swing beat. Almost. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think so, all, almost all of them are written in six. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of the especially of the originals and uh, a lot of the other arrangements you guys did. So, like, this would be an example of where you hear that, and it's pretty familiar with the swing beat, mm-hmm. but it's haunting when yeah. you hear, like, the strings. Yeah, yeah. It's like a wa- it's like, this was oh, like a yeah. waltz. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So trying to pull off something that's cheesy like that. But, yeah, having it yeah, I get a kick out of much. It's out of so interesting. I think, too, this song for me, like, one of the other ideas that we had, too, was – or. I just love the idea that you could turn on this record and it just play in the background and you can go about whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. Like I, I like I remember this is one of the when this song got done, I was just listening to it over and over while I was like grilling 
hamburgers in the backyard. And I was like, I was so happy that not only did I love the song, I love the way it turned out and everything, I could walk away from it and get it and it was okay. Like I I like that. There's a there's an there's an idea there too within the simplicity. It it is uh, there, there, there always is complexity, but there, within that simplicity of, I can. This is a song about our God, and I don't have to feel obligated to mm-hmm. pour into it and be present and all that stuff. Like it, I can just enjoy this even on a musical feel. Like, like that. You're, you're right. That six feel or that waltzy mm-hmm. feel um, is really nice just to have in the background, and it just is kind of comforting and just there. And I, I can come and go as I please to this whole record, which I really appreciate. This some of my favorite records are like that. Like I've said this a million times. But like, for example, The Strokes, a lot of their songs are upbeat and dancey or whatever, but something about that band, I can just turn it on and do work or whatever I want to do. And it's just there. And it's, I love that. I love that about this record too. I think it kind of, we kind of accomplished that too. Okay. So Emory Records and Worship Records, especially are bad about this worship music is you want to do a bunch of different things and have a bunch of ups and downs in the album is a, a, a thing that people often try to do, but it's, that's less moody. And especially with worship music, it's that way. It's like, oh, you got to have the communion song and then the big uplifting <laughs> end right. and all that stuff. And I just thought it'd be neat to keep it one sound. Like, And this is kind of, it's not exactly that. It has ups and downs, but the range is pretty much, it's kind of sad, kind of melancholy. Get in that pocket yeah. and then ride it out for 45 minutes. You don't have to accomplish all this, all the different emotional ranges. And, and, You're right. And that's almost every, all, almost all worship music attempts to do that. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, even when you think about it, I think when you go from the first song, I Quit Church, to the last, which is Good Gracious, right? Mm-hmm. Good Gracious. They're very different songs, but they're still kind of closer to the middle mm-hmm. than they are one side or the other. Yeah, and it know? gives it more of an identity. You I like know? that about it. That, that just this is what that's just kind of you know what it sounds like. I think that's 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 part of what is fun for me. Let's talk about the technical stuff on here. Um, the things that I'm hearing a lot. Uh, so we established the strings. You you track them where and how? Uh, so Brian Eichelberger, he's been on a bunch of stuff over the years, but uh, he has a studio. We used it there, and then and you had two people or three. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't think of their last name. Cam and Jody. Dan Cokes. It would be Dan Cokes' brother and sister-in-law. Brother-in-law, sister-in-law. And um, they uh, they were great. They were really good about, you know, you can sing them parts and everything like that. And that, that was pretty fun because I think we added strings on more songs than we had originally anticipated. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty happy about that. It was more like, let's just track all this stuff and I'll we'll figure out if Matt and Toby like it. Yeah, so it's all this organic stuff that makes this record good. So I'm going to point out all the things that I like about the production or mm, lack of production is almost the way I want to describe it. It's uh, there's the, the strings are real real and organic and tracked, you know, loose. Uh, and then there's the drums themselves are, pre- are, are way loose sounding. Like we talked about them being 90s style drums mm-hmm. with a lot of improvised stuff and not very tight and even the different drum hits uh, sound every time you hit the snare it sounds a little different it's the opposite of a super sampled edited anything like that well part of that too was because in that one time we met at Matt Johnson's place we had talked about having him play a little more light Mm -hmm. and I think when you do that you're going to get all kinds of different tones out of cymbals and you know it was actually I think the reason why it has this feel too a lot of times you might record a bunch of takes and then cut them all together. It was really hard to do that because this, he might be hitting the cymbal because he's playing it so light, a little yeah. bit different, or the snare a little different. So if sometimes you made a cut and it sounded like 
it was a really obvious thing. Mm -hmm. So you had to kind of work with that take and play mm -hmm. the music around it. I kind of like that a lot. You know, it kind of felt more raw to me. Mm -hmm. This is a strings part that this is one that I arranged um, all the way pretty much. I had all those notes worked yeah. out on the strings, and then I actually got to sing that part. So if you hear me, if you hear that ooze on this, that's me. It's not that great, but at least it's me. It's there. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, Zach and I tracked it right in here at the podcast desk with me singing my parts right, right here yeah. in the mic right here where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> he was sitting in my computer. But um, but that turned out good. The other things that I hear, uh, the drums are loose. They're 90s-style drums. You got the organic uh, strings are a big part of it. And then other than that, really I'm just hearing that piano and that guitar with the reverb on it. So tell me what both of those things are, because they're super, super big identifiers of this record, is that the ambient sound of that guitar and the uh, the piano sounds super good. Yeah. Tell people what those are. Well, um, the piano, we had an old piano in the studio that I couldn't get in the right tune, because everything you guys do is a half step down. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't get it to be in the right key. Um, it, it was you just, didn't it, want to play it, in B major? Well, it, it was just that the whole piano was out of tune. <laughs> yeah. And it was so creepy sounding that I worried that yeah. when Toby started to sing to it that it just wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. So I just, you can use some tricks out there with like a Nord or something like that and kind of <laughs> This is a Nord it. on almost all this piano. Stuff, yeah, right? just basically using a bunch of filters and modding it out until it sounded like the, that exact piano just in tune. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were to, although this particular song, you've got a wonky tuning setting, yeah, right here. That's what I'm this saying. is a this is a digital piano. It's supposed to sound out of tune. Yeah, yeah. But I I'm, I I did that to make it sound like the actual one in the studio, and it, they sound pretty close to me. Uh, and then guitar, you played on this one. Yeah, I played on this one. I yeah. played on some of them. But I'm I mean, most of that guitar stuff, whether it came from my parts or your parts or whatever, but that's your guitar tone more than it is mine. Sure. I think. And the pedal that or whatever, however yeah. you're doing the reverb. You know, I'm, I do a lot of that stuff these days too, and some I did some of this. Uh, yeah, I did some ambient stuff on this record. I remember doing it, but yeah. a lot of it you did. So I'm just asking, tell people about your. I don't know. They're gonna ask your signal chain, I guess. Oh, well, that thing. They want to know what pedal it is for the reverb. Right? I think we use. I have a Pro Reverb Fender amp that I use the reverb for, and then I have this. There's a pedal company here in Washington called Fox Pedals, and they have a reverb pedal called the Magnifica. And if you turn it up loud enough, it gets a bunch of feedback and so that's kind of what we were using for this kind of stuff and I thought paired with the piano sounded really cool in fact I liked it too because we kept your vocals a little bit more dry Toby so when you hear those verbs I just really like messing with people's minds sometimes as far mm -hmm. as space goes oh that's true so there's more reverb than usually I would ever use on guitar and then the vocals and it's like drums are pretty dry backwards normally yeah, you'd use the vocals to, to yeah. kind of let the verb fill out the that's song right. so I, I thought that was kind of unique in that way um, but yeah, I mean, I think your guitar part, though, we did some ambient guitar stuff in there, and even your acoustic and stuff was, I think we tracked two acoustics. We tracked your acoustic yep. and mine as well together, which was kind of fun. Oh, yeah, that's right, because the, the acoustic I use, it's, yeah, it's, on, this, it's on this track, but yeah. it's that 1950 Gibson that I have. Yeah, a and I have body. a 60s Gibson, that's, you know, so I think the two of them together sound kind of nice. Yeah. And so I think Old Rugged Cross 2 ended up being my the biggest surprise song for me because I don't necessarily love that song. Matt, Matt you had an arrangement for it, I think, and and everybody we decided, okay, this is one that we'll do. And I was worried. I was like, I don't, I just don't even know if I like because I don't yeah. necessarily. It's not. It's a fine song, but it's never been like one of my favorite hymns or anything like that. But this one ended up being 
really good. Like I love the way this turned out and the way it fit, and uh, especially like your vocals, Matt. I think is one of the the cool things that the, that y'all doing that part and adding that in there makes it a little bit more whimsical and uh, character. Yeah, yeah, and so it really, yeah, so it really made it a lot better. And and then I was gonna say too, we kind of skipped over it, but uh, before the throne was in six, and you changed that to four, Zach. I yeah, think, oh, I that's think true. Original, that's right. And you changed yeah. that to, in, to four four, and it was at first I was like, I don't know. I've sang this song for literally <laughs> six years yeah, and six. That What's way. that doing? What's gonna happen? And it ended up maybe being my favorite song on the record. So like I, I really love the way that one turned out because it just. It really does. It really did fit Toby really well. Turned out to be his favorite so far. <laughs> no, I, that's not true. Uh, but that one really did. If I said it before, because uh, it it was the most it, most change for me. Like I had to change the way I sang the song because I'd been used to. Sing, I, I mean, I sang that when I was a worship leader at Marseille and at Seacoast in six. Yeah. Uh, and so that was a. I was like, what is this going to be like? And then when I heard the final product, I was like, oh, yeah, now I can see. Sometimes it is hard. Like that, that is what really stretch. One of the things for sure, it stretches you. And it's also a little, you're a little nervous because you're like, well, I, I can't totally, I don't totally know what you want. You have it in your head sure. and you're explaining it to me, but I won't actually know until I hear it. So what's cool is we trust you enough to go with that because if I would have said, no, nah, let's keep it in six, I wouldn't have been as happy. But I didn't know that at the time. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> at the time, I wouldn't have known that. If you'd have said uh, four or six, I'd have gone six for sure, man. It's awesome. <laughs> did you feel but comfortable trying to make us do stuff that we were resisting? Or did, how did that? How was that for you when you felt if Toby wasn't like something or if I was questioning something? There's really only two songs that come to mind where I felt like we probably just had to talk through a little bit more, and it was this one and Good Gracious Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because oh, it's not this one, but um, before the throne, um, because it was yeah a big change. I yeah. think I, I I'm trying to remember what the demo was for that one, but I remember loving all the demos. I was really inspired by them, but this one in particular just felt like, and the because we were talking about recording. I mean, I don't are there really many songs that we didn't record. I felt like most of the demos that you guys put out there that we said, Dude, hey, I, we have like 40 though. Like, well, but you, we had, we had maybe 15 or 16. When but you only gave me like, yeah, okay. We narrowed it down. Yeah. But either way though, I, I don't know. It just seemed like this would be kind of cool to kind of take it in a slightly different mm-hmm. direction. Um, I, I don't know. I thought you guys were always pretty, you guys are really easy to work with. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Not a whole lot of trouble there. This is one that could have been bigger and more inspirational, and I like the the, the choice to not. This is one you can close Easter Sunday with yeah. and make it super big, yeah. but just kind of keep it back here a little bit. And some of the drum choices here, like I would have made it. Bi- I had I had all this hit structure and all this stuff on this one that I would use, like let's say on Easter, to make it really big. Yeah. And so I was like uncomfortable of not utilizing all that stuff but you took it down lower simpler and kept it more in the mood which is I'm glad we did well this was a Toby arrangement I mean well no you, Toby and I arranged this one together well there's an arrangement of one was that you guys together doing yeah we did it? at like Easter at his church when I came over oh. and did that and so we had a string, some strings parts yeah it was a hybrid yeah. thing you know. Where but we it sounded like I don't know I really liked it I hadn't heard it that way before yeah. so I like the yeah, way and you that, guys did th- it. This is original, written by Joe Day, which his original sounds way different. It's really cool, but we just did a more mellow yeah, version. His yeah. is more, more upbeat. Yeah. And, uh, and in, in fact, is his original? Is it in six? 
Or is yeah. it in four? Do you know? It, it goes. Well, the beat at the beginning is a little bit throws you off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. It is in six two, but and it, it and I mean, I was really glad that th- we got this one on there just because I think Joe's such a good songwriter and such a good dude. Uh, his he has an album called it's Joe Day Grace, and you should if you're out there listening, check it out because yeah. it's a really neat. In fact, he was very. I, I feel like his songs, his originals, were pretty impactful in the Mars Hill scene in, in the Mars yeah. Hill heyday. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he, he was kind of under the radar, but like really good. Because when I came to Mars Hill, um, he was the worship leader at West Seattle. He was like filling oh, yeah. in there, and then eventually he went to Shoreline or whatever. And uh, and for those of you listening too, Zach worked at Mars Hill too. You were worship leader at University District, mm-hmm. is that right? That's right. Yeah. And then. Maybe, yeah, and so yep. we both that's how we even met and knew each other so I remember I, the first time I think I've told you this story before but first time I met you was we were on that worship leader retreat oh yeah and you were in from Savannah I think yeah. weren't you that you come from Savannah yep. and I was like uh, and you were the the person I thought that was the nicest like John Dunn's nice and everything but I was like well this guy seems really cool at least I have one friend because I, I was a little intimidated because everybody's a better musician than me everybody seemed like they had done some kind of worship leading or, or had been a worship leader already and uh, that's the first time I met Chad from King's Kaleidoscope, yeah. Chad Gardner, and uh, everybody. And Dustin Kentrew was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll always tell this story. I was like, it, it made me like, it made me go, gosh, Dustin Kentrew is awesome. And it, it was really frustrating because do you remember we were all going around telling stories about cool stuff that happened in our life? And everybody was having like, you know, just telling a cool story. And it got around to Dustin Kentrew. He was like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, he's kind of a little introverted and doesn't want to tell stories or whatever. And finally, he's like, I. I mean, one cool thing was I rode around in a van with Tom Morello for two weeks. Everybody's like, what? <laughs> what? Like, like, I was like, what the hell? Right, I mean, uh, well, you yeah. can't give us some more detail? I mean, yeah. what? That like, That's just kind of cool? I was like, what kind of life <laughs> have you lived, cool. my man? So yeah. I was what like, was he okay. doing with Tom Morello? I don't remember. Well, his solo acoustic stuff, uh-huh. uh, Tom Morello oh, was doing acoustic right. stuff too. And so they went, he said a van, maybe it was a bus, I don't yeah. know. But they rode around, he, you know, when he was doing, when he first started doing the acoustic stuff, I think this yeah. was, that was before he even went to Mars Hill or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so he ended up riding around with Tom Morello. I was like, golly. I mean, that's like unreal. That's not just a, yeah, that happened story. <laughs> that was but I mean, he probably has a million stories like that. But anyway, so that I, just to give you a, a little behind the scenes of how uh, all, all of us met, how Zach and I met. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, don't you think that's neat? There, I'm not saying it's the biggest, most famous people or nothing in the world, but don't you think it's neat how there's these little pockets of uh, talent that'll kind of group up together like that? Oh, yeah, like man. a Zach in a room, and a Toby, and a Dustin, and a Chad Gardner just wind up in the same like. That's weird. Like, and then they go on to do other stuff. But then we all still do a lot of stuff together. Yeah, but you know it's just I mean? weird Even how just that the stuff, certain yeah. little community, you know, like you just, uh, like our college roommate is writing movies now, being real successful. And I, I don't know if there's, it seems uh, maybe it's just coincidence that stuff seems like that, but it just seems like, you know, you see what, like a show like uh, one of those shows like the James Franco and those guys all did yeah. one little show together, but then they did went on to all yeah, do yeah, stuff yeah. or the. the Mickey Freaks Mouse Club had uh, geeks, Justin yeah. Timberlake and Britney yeah. Spears and, and you just go like there's these weird and this is not like that exactly but it's still really neat to think about if you reverse oh, yeah. time to the, those individuals just doing the same little thing worship leading little churches that's a weird that's weird well, I think the it's music just, at Mars Hill is the most uh, uh, I mean crazy. like crazy like yeah. it, it could have been so much like so much good stuff was happening and changing and it was attracting people like Zach or me from the, the South or whatever it might be. You, you know, you have Chad Gardner there. I mean, uh, uh, from King's Kaleidoscope. I mean, you there really was a, a 
potential there to like really influence Christian music, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. So it's it's sad that, it, that even on that level that the church doesn't exist anymore because it really did bring together some really creative people. Even on the, you know, like uh, uh, computer side or animation oh, or whatever, yeah, like well, Je- yeah, Jesse absolutely. or the, yeah, the, I mean, the creative side there. Yeah, so. there's a bunch of stuff in Mars Hill that's like that. But there's some weird like feedback thing. I guess there's something that must go on when you surround yourself with other talented people, the inspiration is a ping pong thing. So you just, oh, well, this is the yeah. standard. He's that good. I'm this good. It's not competitive either. It's just collaborative. It's not collaborative. It's just inspiration. Like if you're around talented people that are smart, that are doing good things, you're going to do better things than if you stay in. Look, I'll turn this into you should probably move to a city. Like if you're out, you know what I mean? You yeah, should probably yeah, yeah. move to a city and get involved with people and stuff. Because it'll lower your baseline standard of what is good. And you know what I mean? Like, I sure. I can't really imagine if I stayed in a small part of South Carolina having anywhere near the creative output or just even the intellectual understanding of the world if it wasn't like, oh, this person knows that. And that's really interesting to me. And it, it piggybacks on a thought I was already having, musically or not. That stuff just kind of adds up. So when you get talented people together, they make each other better, too. But I so think, too, you know what I mean? Like, you can't stay. I'm, I'm not telling everybody to move out of their hometown or something, but man, I've seen massive gains and effects from concentrating an inspirational talent. Yeah. An and I think you guys, you guys probably, I don't know, musicians get the question all the time, like, what other bands inspire you? Mm-hmm. But I feel like, in my experience, like, the most inspiring things have always just been the other musicians I get to do music with. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. case in point, even working on this record, there were. I, there's like songs that we're, we are recording right now for the next Citizens record that were written while I was working on this mm-hmm. record because I don't know, just being working on these songs, you guys were inspiring me in a way I didn't even realize, and it was you know causing me to write some songs. Like I wouldn't, I didn't get that from listening to some other band. I got yeah. that from working on something yeah. with you guys. And it's a, another mentality. Top part of that is that there's a, there's a hoarding mentality of music that's always kind of driven me crazy. I'm starting to see it more and more and recognize how to get out of it, but. You think, oh, I'm a professional songwriter. I have to write an album soon. I gotta hoard my ideas and be careful and not waste yeah. them and stuff like. But think about all the creative input you put into this record. Yeah. Now you could have said, yeah, but that's a good guitar part. That's a good idea. Or that's a nice setting. I need to save that for my, you know, I need to save that for my band. I gotta say, I've gotta write some songs coming up. I'm not gonna give my creativity to Toby and Matt. Yeah. But you don't do that, and then there's an overflow of other ideas you have too. From sure. getting in and doing these, so yeah. you don't have to hoard your ideas or creativity. You just share it, and then you'll have you'll have more of it back too. Yeah, kind of thing. It and definitely is a cool so, cycle. So you know, if you get out on the road and you get fortunate enough to tour, you're you're being influenced by the other people that have made it from wherever they were from, and now that's your ping pong influence. So yeah. you just get out there and share yeah. it and do it. And I love it. Get around people. You gotta. I'm not trying to be motivational or something. That's just an observation yeah. from from me. Like. I don't know. That's the way I work, at least. So yeah. this is. A, I did think it's a little weird that the New Citizens and Saints records is called "I Quit the Baptist Church." Yeah. But I mean, that's. Well, I that's just felt like you were strange. being too general, man. You got to be more specific. <laughs> this damn Baptist. What are you quitting? <laughs> what specifically are you quitting? Online church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm too vague. I don't mean anything, right? <laughs> I wonder. All right. If, I think yeah, that was good. We went through the whole record. Yeah. We listened Whoa. to the whole record just mm-hmm. now. That's awesome. Yeah, we it, didn't even talk about the last song. That's the other song you said that we had disagreement. What well, you, you wanted it to be that? all you. You thought it should be just voices. Yes, I did. I, well, the way I wrote that song was kind of like an old. Uh, I was thinking, um, 
uh, what's the George Clooney movie with you know the old oh, oh brother where art thou oh brother where art thou oh. I was thinking like uh, I went down to the river to pray <laughs> and everyone else studying in. about that good old and it's just voices and yeah. people are walking around like the old like I grew up in you know real small Pentecostal churches and sometimes we would just do you know uh, tent revivals and oh, yeah. there might not be music just voices and singing yeah. and so what's funny about that is that's what I wanted we might I might could even do that in the future that's not you know I, we yeah there's still it, another arrangement. Of that I got yet to be done. So many people have told me that's their favorite song on the record. Like I've been shocked. That like was my I think Devin, uh, yeah, I think Devin uh, from Emory even said he's like, yeah, I think that's my favorite song from the record. I was like, well, really? That's that's cool. So I mean, it, I it didn't. Oh, still that's is, a good one. Because I, I was like, uh, when I was counting the originals, we were into the recording of it, way into the recording of it, and I was like, yeah, this is <laughs> oh, a yeah, hymn yeah. that Toby. I guess he <laughs> sang it growing up or whatever. I just thought it was. I thought it was a hymn that you redid. I had no idea that you wrote it. Until I did after too. It was yeah, the first time I it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you wrote the song. I thought it was just a hymn that I wasn't familiar with. No, yeah, I wanted to write it like that, like the songs I grew up kind of singing and feeling like. So I just, I just totally wrote that, and it's a little tongue in cheek too. Well, like yeah, the way the, the, way the words are song, for sure. Man. It's a so. great song. And then the song order here is is uh, uh, I really like the way the song order of the album turned out. It ends with that kind yeah, of happy, too. upbeat kind of thing instead of the long, epic song that people put last. And then it starts with the slowest cymbal ding, uh-huh. nothing, to start the album. So so hard to get you, like instead of putting something upbeat first and get you in, like yep. it was a choice to make it hard to ramp into the album and make, you, make sure that you know this would be a little bit moody and uncomfortable to get you in and then send you out of the door with a, you know, a little bit of a happier thing. It's kind I love of a reverse that. song order choice yeah. there. Yeah, the very last line of the whole record is uh, that's what people, when they tweet me or anything about it or, or Facebook me, they always go, uh, The world is much harder than we thought. Like they love that line. Like I always get people yeah, saying that's a it, great line. which is interesting to end that it like you said uh earlier, Zach, like even just adding the Psalms or whatever, like the it really feels neat. Like this isn't a, a th- I guess this is a thematic record in a sense of tells a story of like what it really is like to be a human like your your ups and downs with god mm-hmm. and what it's like and what it what is church to people like some people think uh oh quit church you got to uh, you got to have fellowship or you're not you know if you don't have fellowship with the body then what do you do and I, and what 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 do the lyrics actually mean to you and this guy that's singing and what does it mean to quit church and what that is and what it life is hard and and the ups and downs and sometimes it is dark and then it even ends on a little bit of a lighter uh, note and still the lyrics can be well you know life is hard it's not what it's not just what you think and it's just all this is exactly what church is check that off the list this is exactly what marriage is check that off the list or uh, this is what love or kindness or hatred or betrayal is there's so much complexity in everything and to end the record on kind of a lighthearted, more poppy feeling song and still the lyrics kind of can you know man life can be tough that's kind of a neat way Mm -hmm. to end this record Mm -hmm. well Zach thank you for your hard work and like your actual creative offerings that you allowed us to integrate and ultimately take credit for so i want to make sure to deflect yeah. as much of the no, credit back to you as great. you could possibly get and i for don't sure. know necessarily think that you're out there trying to get producing gigs or whatever but should anybody have the opportunity to work with zach you should so oh, i don't know yes, that you look sure. looking for work in that department because you're more of a <clears throat> arranger and a performer on your own but if you you know as a producer you know how to make really really good choices and mm. you did a good job with the engineering part of it too although i don't even i would love to continue to make records where that is the de-emphasized part yeah. of it you know, but and then Nate did a good job too. But great leadership, and thanks yeah. for get, help getting yeah. this project done. You guys are you guys are great, great writers, arrangers in your own right. It's it was really fun. I I feel like I'm a better songwriter now because of working with you guys. So. <laughs>
Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good. I'm I'm good. Let's uh let's get out of here. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, JabberjawMedia.com. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come through. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, 